0: Hello and welcome to Portrait Cast episode 24. As always, I'm Rick. On this edition of the podcast, I interview Hannah Sofka about her documentary film Beyond Iconic. The film screened at the Stars Denver Film Festival where this interview took place and focuses on the life and work of photographer Dennis Stock. I hope if you ever get a chance to see the film, you do. Until then, enjoy my interview with director Hannah Sofka. We're here at the uh, Stars Denver Film Festival I'm with Hannah Sofka. Welcome. Thank you. And you're here with your film Beyond Iconic. What can you tell us about that film? I, I've had a chance to see it and I really, really enjoyed it, but I'd like to hear from, from your side how, essentially, how you uh, how the film came about. Yes.
1: Sure. Um, the film came about uh, for multiple reasons. The most personal being simply that um, I'm the daughter of an artist, an accomplished artist, Jan Sofka. And I grew up um, just being constantly exposed to art and artists and the struggle of artists. Um, So that is kind of very close to me Um, and uh, then the other very simple fact was that uh, Dennis was a friend of my father's. Dennis Stock. Dennis Stock. The subject of the documentary, yes. yes. (laughs) Dennis Stock, the subject of the documentary, was a friend of my father's and um, my father and him would have very interesting discussions i'd take part sometimes about art about where it's going about what's being done and i felt like a lot of dennis's point of view was really um really helpful and interesting um and really worthwhile um documenting and trying to get out to other people um one of the main things being simply kind of this um very ethical approach to art um you know, reflective of a lot of integrity and passion. Um, And I feel almost like, you know, what Dennis has to say in the film is pertinent to many aspects of life, not only to art and making art, but, you know, kind of seeing life, experiencing life, and also um, being self-aware.
0: And that's how you got involved uh, with Dennis. And in, in the documentary, he's teaching essentially a photography course And uh, you go through that course with him in in a way, and then you also see his work through the years. Um,
1: And there are interviews as well. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, interviews.
0: So um, your knowledge and your knowing of Dennis is is what inspired you to do this film. Um, What did you learn through the process of the filmmaking?
1: Oh, I mean, the experience of making the film itself was... uh, Interesting and kind of unique, because I was actually dealing with someone who was so media aware, and actually, he had trouble opening up it in front of a camera. That's why some of the more intimate interviews were done off camera, yeah, just with a recorder. Um, so that was a challenge of the production. But as for learning, I think um, anybody can learn a lot. I mean, now Dennis has passed away, so right. you know, hopefully through the film and whatever other. You know, documentations exist, um, but he was a fantastic teacher. And, um, you know, the course he taught was called The Articulate Image. And basically, there's a moment in the film where he says that you empathized with the circumstances, but you were unable to transfer that into an image. So I'm almost literally quoting. um, So, what his course was about was about helping, like, someone who sees something interesting gripping emotional be able to approach that subject be able to frame it um and capture um an image that will give everybody else the same feeling that the person had when they saw the circumstances or the person um and i think it's just a beautiful you know um name of a course you know articulate image an image that speaks and nowadays we're living in an increasingly kind of image-based society and um, and I think people need to understand what's being communicated to them also in images, what goes into images that are made and communicated to us, and then that we can take our own images and make them more powerful, make them more concise, and more communicative, simply. Certainly.
0: And uh, as a photographer myself, um, I do Polaroid, Polaroid photos, and then I Post them on my website portraits.com uh-huh. and from that uh, my work is is out in the world but not necessarily associated with me it's you know here's an image of, of a person and he had a similar situation you see that the pictures of james dean and you think oh that's an amazing picture and you think james dean you know this is but you don't think dennis stock unless you are you know you know photography and you know uh, who, who it is so i found that part of your documentary very interesting it's kind of You know the capturing of the image and just the world being aware of it without making that specific connection to the artist behind it. Um, So I just I just want to throw that out there that I found that uh, inspiring. (laughs) Essentially,
1: yeah, I think um, it's surprising how little the world thinks about the people who make images, and for me that's a little disturbing because if you think more about who's making an image, I mean, you know, Dennis made very sincere images and he wasn't manipulating anyone but you ought to always think about who's behind a camera and who's behind an image and why why am i seeing this what am i seeing and how how probably was this image made you know i i think that um as a society we really need to um get more reflective about that and especially i always wonder about like kids who are coming right into this world of like facebook and you know, all kinds of stuff online and how much are they just absorbing it and how little are they actually reflecting, you know, yeah, yeah, about there, it.
0: There is some issue with, with you know, you always know, hear, oh, you know, the, the new generation is <laughs> so different than what it was, but, you know, there's there doesn't seem to be as much of a uh, respect for the, the making, you know, it's I want something for free and I want it right away and I want to be able to, you know, consume, 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 but without consequences for the artist that, that, pr- cr- you know, created the item, you know, free downloads or free whatever you can get. Yeah, and then yeah. so it does kind of interfere, I think, with the artistic process. And it's something that people are kind of finding a way around, you know, trying to, where, how can I deliver my product and yet still essentially make a living from it if I'm an artist. And all, But at the same time, we're know, without, all faced yeah.
1: with that dilemma. This is like the dialogue, like the discussion of our times. I think we will work towards something. Yeah. Um, because every time there's something new, there's kind of a period of chaos. And then human beings figure out, okay, we're going to have a system in place. I mean, right now, part of the issue has been that those who deliver broadband those who deliver the actual internet are cashing in on everybody's content. Um, And uh, hopefully there are lots and lots of people and businesses working towards um, finding a solution where it's not just the broadband companies that are just like, they have a bonanza right now. I mean, you could actually literally see, if you look at statistics, you know, the music and the film industries like, you know, Profits drop as an equal rises, if not more, of, you know, what um, basically like Time Warner Cable and all those companies are making. Um, But I think, you know, I mean, you know, if you look back at the history of, you know, um, basically media, you know, whether it's film, radio, television, like there are always periods of chaos and change. And it's bad for some people and other people do great on it but i think ultimately you know um i think there are a lot of people working towards making sure that content is respected intellectual rights are respected and that we can all make a living um i mean it's just going to have to be that way or people are going to be just flooded with a lot of junk yeah and i think people are getting more and more selective like they actually are looking for good things and things that have some form of like authority like like meaning that are meaningful I mean the kids are immature right, but then they go to college, then they get older, you know then there are like we people in our thirties you know who are definitely looking for valuable content and um, you know it's all kind of fluctuating right now, but I think you know ultimately you know a solution has to be found and will be found yeah
0: what have you what have you found uh has been the reception to your your film have you been going to other festivals how, how oh yeah
1: is um, coming along i've had like a festival like tour like you know in 31 days i've done four festivals including this one and an academic conference um, the film premiered at the hot springs documentary film festival after that, it was in um, the Sao Paulo International Film Festival, where it was actually one of the ten documentary finalists in the New Directors Competition. After that, I was in Spokane, Washington, for the Northwest Region Chapter Annual Conference of the Society of Photographic Education, and um, after that, it was it had its New York premiere at the IFC Center at a wonderful festival called Doc NYC, mm-hmm, sure. and. Now here I am in Denver, and um, you know when you're making a film, there's a term, the filmmaker's cave, which is like so accurate. You know, you're just working alone with the film. You no longer even know, like, is this good? (laughs) You know, like, does this make sense? Um, And it's been an amazing, you know, like it's it's going to be a total of 31 days of all of this, and it's been really exciting to see different audiences, even like very young kids who, I kind of felt like, oh, this is not going to appeal to 14-year-olds, but I had a few 14-year-olds, like 14, 16, who really responded to it, yeah. really surprised me, who who just got it and, and you know, thought it was cool, you know. Um, I mean, I was counting more, like, on the, you know, kind of college age and up, but um, uh, it's been a great response Um it, it, it's just been a delight, actually, you know, to hear. Um, and, and it's people with different kind of backgrounds, different point of views. Obviously, photographers get super excited about sure, the film, course. and rightfully so. Um, but also, I've had people kind of say that it's a film that's actually a master class on life, you know, or like a life fully realized, a portrait of a life fully realized so, you know, different people are getting different things out of it, which was what I was hoping for, that, you know, that it has multiple levels that will, you know, appeal to different people. Certainly.
0: And uh, what, what do you have coming up? Are you start, starting a new project, or is this, this is your main push right now? Um,
1: I mean, yes, I have to take care of this film yeah, and absolutely. shepherd it out into the world and, um, you know, basically find the right distribution for it, um, and that's still, um, you know totally pending, and I'm working on that. Uh, but, of course, I have other stuff in the works. Um, the directly next one being actually a multimedia spectacle with my father. Um, he's done a lot of work in the music industry, like he did. The he's, he's a fine artist, and he made, like, fine art sets, like for the Grateful Dead, for Steve Winwood, and right now we're working on this thing called the Voyage, which is a multimedia piece using all, like, um, artwork, you know, like it's kind of like something between a movie and theater and music's very important in it. We're working with um, one of the members of the Grateful Dead, Mickey Hart, who composed among other things, the music for Apocalypse Now which I just adore that movie and the music and everything and he's like a real, he's a drummer but you know, he does all kinds of incredible music so that's something I'm working on in the capacity also of director and producer um And then my next film, you know, just traditional film project, is actually a fiction film uh, that I also want to shoot in the Woodstock area. And um, it's like a reverse My Fair Lady with also the class component Mm -hmm. to it. Basically, um, where I live, the Woodstock area, you have this strange mix of, like, the locals and people up there from New York with, like, second homes or who commute down to New York. Um, And it's about a lady who dates her handyman and tries to transform him into a perfect boyfriend for herself, which is a very fun way of talking about a lot of kind of topics. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to to meet with me. Thank you. It's very great. uh, Mm -hmm. People get a chance. You know, We're here at the Stars Denver Film Festival. I know you have a screening today at 3. It won't be out before then, but uh, if anyone gets a chance to see your film, Beyond Iconic, I recommend it.
1: Oh, yeah. There is a website, um, and it's on Facebook. On Facebook, it's just, you know, uh, Beyond Iconic, I think as one word, possibly, one or two words. And the website's, uh, I'm going to update it very Mm -hmm. soon, Uh, but I've been on the road, Uh, www.beyondiconic.com. And whenever there's some news about where you can see it or about its release, that will be the place to go to.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.
1: Thanks. Mm
0: I hope you enjoyed my interview with Hannah Sofka and that you'll find an opportunity to see her
1: film, Beyond Iconic. Until next time, this is Rick saying goodbye forever.